This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hello, and welcome back to the very last housekeeping of 2021. I hope you had an amazing holiday season. I am so excited with where 2022 is going to take us, and I wanted to pop on here to, first of all, say thank you to you guys. Without you, None of this is possible without you listening, downloading, tuning in, telling your friends, without you emailing me screenshots, without you emailing me your stories. None of this would happen. None. Zero. I could not do this by myself. And so the first huge thanks is to you guys. Secondly, I'm still battling this raspy voice. So for those of you that enjoy sexy nighttime Berta, you are so welcome. Uh, but for everybody else, hopefully my voice will be back in 2022. That cold winter storm really, really knocked me out. Um, but don't worry, it is not COVID. It is not any sickness at all whatsoever. So do not worry about me. It is just a little bit of, hey, my voice went on vacation. So <laughs> it's great. You know, podcasters, people that talk for a living, you know, don't even worry about it. Voice, take Christmas break off. You're totally fine. I also wanted to let you guys know Um, because you deserve to be the first to know that we will be updating, upgrading, and making life after MLM even better in 2022. I am so excited. I have so many ideas. I am working with a bunch of different people to help execute them so it actually happens. Um, We are going to be updating our intro and our outro. We are going to be updating a couple different things. Um, I'm working with a couple different podcasters to improve, and not just the sound quality, but the show quality as a whole. I'm really excited to just sort of take this thing as far as it wants to go. When I started this podcast as a woman going through a divorce who had just basically been shut down by COVID, I really had no idea what would happen. It just was a place filler. I just said, you know what? I'm not doing anything else. I might as well start recording some stories and talking to some people. And in the very beginning, especially if you've been around, you know, like it was just me going, these stories need to be told. I really don't know what I'm doing, but like, let's just start somewhere. And through that process, I started to learn, hey, you know what? Mute is an option. That's cool. Um, Oh my God. Editing is a thing. I could do that. I could, I could try my hand at doing that. And each episode got a little bit better. I started reaching out to people who scared me. People who I was afraid would say no. And I reached out to them. And to my surprise, the majority of them said, yes, of course I would do that. That sounds amazing. When are you available? And I was so surprised that everybody was so willing to be a part of this. Even though they had no idea where it was going. And the only thing they knew was that I was an anti-MLM advocate. And I was speaking out. And I was trying to fill a hole in the community that didn't exist. And now, not only does it exist, 
but we have this incredible compassionate educational movement behind us. We have more people that are leaving their MLMs every single day and becoming anti-MLM content creators, anti-MLM educators, and sharing their stories, sharing the facts, and making change. A majority of the people on the show this year were in an MLM this year. Please let that sink in. A large portion of people I interviewed left their MLM this year. That's incredible. And a lot of them said that it was because of the anti-MLM community. It was because of documentaries and social media accounts and podcasts like this one that it was like, you know what? I'm not an idiot. I am a good person. Like, how did I get stuck in this? And then finding those resources and being like, oh my God, there's a whole community of people and I'm not alone. And that was the entire point. And it happened so much faster than I thought. And again, that's because of you guys. It's amazing. And you know, this year we saw a lot of letters come out of the FTC to MLMs and scammy companies that were using deceptive business practices to scam people. And we even saw a couple MLMs shut down. And we saw one of them, Boo, happen in real time. I am so proud of the anti-MLM movement and where it's headed. That being said, I have a couple things that I will be adding in um, that I'm very excited to share with you guys. We'll be updating everything, but we're also going to be adding a YouTube channel. I know I have a YouTube channel. There's only one video. It is the pilot episode of Life After MLM, so most of you have probably already heard it multiple times, but make sure you're following our YouTube because we are going to be starting to do weekly live anti-MLM discussion chats. I don't know when, but it will be happening soon. I would like to get that up uh, in January if possible, but we'll see. We'll see what I can handle. Um, So yeah, the the live YouTube show where we do an anti-MLM discussion with experts, advocates, and survivors talking about topics that are currently happening right now. I'm really excited for that. We are going to be adding um, some format changes and doing a couple different things. I really liked the segmented mini chats that we did in the Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe episode. I liked that. I don't know if you guys liked that, but I really liked it. Um, And it was kind of fun. Um, I'm really enjoying doing these long interviews. And as as opposed to breaking them up into two-parters, I think the majority of you also agreed that you would rather hear the whole story versus having it cut up into parts. And I agree too. I like that better. Um, Our Facebook group is going to get a little bit more revamped. We grew really fast. And so we are going to be adding some more admins and moderators in there. We're going to be adding some activities in there and some more giveaways in 2022. I would also like to add maybe a couple lives, TikTok or Instagram. I'm not really sure. So if you have those social media channels, please make sure that you are following us so that you don't miss out on any of the amazing anti-MLM education comedy and fun that we will be having in 2022 obviously i'll be updating you guys as soon as i possibly know but you guys are amazing again thank you guys so much for an incredible 2021 with life after mlm and i cannot wait to see where 2022 takes us enjoy the show Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. I am so excited today. I finally get to meet face-to-face my friend, Jenny Wild. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like, I'm so excited, Roberta. I really, really am just to be able to talk to you, but to have me on your show, this is really something. Thank you. I, I absolutely love you. I found you on TikTok months and months and months ago. Um, you create hilarious and educational anti-MLM content uh, and you go hard after Monate and, and I'm here for it. Yes, that is my former business. So I, we can get into that. I was with three MLMs officially, three over my lifetime, predominantly the last decade, stay-at-home mom. It's a pretty typical narrative, but it is my story. And money is what the most recent foray into MLMs was. And yes, very problematic. And that is where a lot of my experience is. And however, being exposed to your stories and podcasts and media and the documentaries and things, I, I see that it is, as we all know, not just one company or another. This is an industry-wide parallel problems yeah. exist. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said that you were in three. I was in three. Most of the people that come on the show are in three. Uh, we find three to five is sort of the average, although we have had some some doozies lately that has kind yeah. of pumped up the average, but you're right there. You're right there in the, in the, in the demographic, a stay at home mom who joined mm -hmm. three MLMs before she figured out it wasn't her. Absolutely. So if I may, like going back, here's my experience. And I'm trying, I was trying before I came on your show today, I was trying to think when is the first time I heard the term pyramid scheme? Cause I know it wasn't within the last five years. I definitely heard it a long, long time ago. It's, uh, it's been around as a phrase, right? But I will say when I first started dating my, my now husband, so this is probably two, no, 1996, 1996 or seven. He was new to the job market, recently graduated college. He was invited to a bring your resume, dude, wear a suit, like an opportunity. And it was before social media, you know? So he is in a hotel conference room the doors shut behind him. I think we all know someone who's had this story or experience, right? Or we've had it ourselves. And he immediately saw a kind of like tablecloth come off and products displayed and he was mortified. And I remember his emotional energy coming home from that. He was so upset. This is a friend of his. He can't believe it. He felt duped. He felt scummy. He felt scummy even sitting in the room. And I said, what do you mean? What is this? And I just figured it's like door-to-door -door vacuum sales or something. And I just thought, oh, oh, it's that kind of business. And I moved on with my life. And my husband was like, he's, I'll never answer a message from him again or what have you. But that was an experience. Then I realized, oh, I did have an aunt and uncle that were with Amway. And so I grew up with my parents kind of like eye rolling when every Christmas present would be a certain product line or a certain thing, you know? from their business. And I will say then as a young new mom, as you mentioned, now I'm home with the kids or still even balancing a corporate life. But I remember being invited in, um, in my neighborhood to a women's, a, a girl's spa day. Like we're going to have a spa day, ladies. We're going to have manicures and I'll have food out. And so this lovely neighbor that I'm eager to make friends and friends that have kids my ages, 
and I walk in and again, Advocare everywhere, balloons, uh, people I didn't know were there because that's the uplines probably in town or whatever. And I felt duped. I felt like who wants to be invited to a girl's spa day? And then it's this complete other thing, you know, this switcheroo. So having that as my background, having that as my first impression of what I just at that point probably did think was just pyramid scheme or I labeled it whatever. Not, not real jobs, you know, not real careers, but what is this, this, this thing? Um, then I quit my corporate job and, you know, we were talking about it before I was approached by people where it's like, this is different. This isn't like that. Oh yeah. Those are, those are the old ways of doing things. And that's so unfortunate that that happened, that you felt like you were duped or that there was this um, sleight of hand thing. No, I just have this great skincare and this is just how we sell it. So come join over here. So the narratives around 2010, would you agree, started to really change. And now with the rise of social media being that platform where if companies are allowing it, because there was a whole gatekeep where they were, I remember when I joined New Skin, I'm jumping around a bit, but they were like, we are new to social media. We have just allowed representatives to be talking about this out there because it is the wild west, because it is so unregulated and because it is probably hard to police from a client, a compliance perspective at their corporate level. But the floodgates opened, I would say around 20, especially 13, 14, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, that's probably when it works showed up in my life was around 2014. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was just, it was everywhere. Yes, yes. So to that point, 2014, I am with Beauty Counter. And this was just, my cousin loved it. I'm like, yeah, I'll try new skincare. I was new to Illinois. I had no friends. We had just moved here. Again, like looking for something to do and looking for something to put my energy into and probably feeling like a side hustle, why not? But I was very much just like, I'll get the discount, kind of a kidnapper thing. And the clean beauty the clean beauty pitch got me because they really kind of pioneered that along with goop and uh, you know, other brands that are greenwashing labels. And at the time you just, you just think, yeah, I don't want toxic stuff in my skincare. Oh yeah. So the buzzwords were working on me, the, the, Oh, it's so easy to just do this from home. And I, at that point, 2014, I had an Instagram account. So I was like, I could make a little, video. I'm not shy. I'm an extrovert. So I'll make a little video about my favorite serum or the sunscreen this summer. Sure. So I dabbled a bit in communicating about product on my socials and with beauty counter, it was still have a party, invite girls in, make it just chill, you know, like super casual California. Cool. Like this is just us hanging out while we just put like some hummus and crudite. We're just going to like talk skincare. Absolutely. And it's not this hard, pushy sales thing. And I was like, okay. I mean, again, I saw it more as a way of being social. Now you get into, okay, new skin. That kind of fizzled out. You know what? It was the requirements. I just let the thing lapse. I'm like, every six months, I will not have this much in personal volume. And now I do see I'm just buying product to stay active. So I'm done. If I want the serums, I'll go back and buy it from my cousin. So then I have a friend who the new skin whitening toothpaste hits the freaking 
Facebook pages like no other. I think what was um, so interesting to me from a social media viral perspective is that NewSkin has probably 1,200 products. I mean, globally, they are a monster. They have been around 50 years, right? 60 years, one of the OGs headquartered in Utah. And they're in 250 countries, but this toothpaste, I mean, out of all the product, you, you think, oh, I'm going to be a distributor, but like to what? Health, wellness, vitamins, skincare, shampoo, they have everything. But toothpaste was taking the world by storm just because of the before and after pictures, right? And because again, New Skin had said, all right, it's 2015, 16, whatever it is, y'all can post about this. You can post about our brand. If we see any funny business, we'll shut you down. But like, here you go. FTC, same thing. Here's the guidelines. You can't make this claim. You can't make that claim. Well, the toothpaste was just a decent price point enough that it could sell. And it was this little, it was more of a narrow, even with beauty counter, I'm like, there's makeup, there's br makeup brushes, there's this product, that product, sunscreen, kids products, men's products. Now I just got to deal with toothpaste. <laughs> Roberta, I'm just laughing, thinking about it. Like, I would have cases of toothpaste sent to my house and then I'm shipping tubes of toothpaste to friends. Yes, my sister's <sighs> friend uh, became a toothpaste dealer as well. Yes, yes. I mean, it's a, at the time, I'm like, there's nothing problematic about this. In my view, I'm like, hey, I'm on a few team pages. They're talking to us about how to find new customers or new ideas in like how to use the toothpaste in a fundraiser for schools and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just following along like, I guess, but I didn't really have any upline that was at me. Like you got to meet a goal or you, you need to do this by month end. I didn't have that experience there, right? Pretty hands off. So that fizzled out and enter Monate. And this is December of 2017. And as social media, as it does, I am introduced to a friend of my husband's from high school, beautiful person. She was already posting incredible aspirational things. She's in the health and wellness kind of vertical. Um, she's a mom of three and just doing it, just had confidence, was showing up confidently online. And that's attractive, of course, like you're curious. How does she do this? Like, these look like professional photos. It's cool. Like I love her Facebook. It's stirring something in me like yeah I want to make something in my life too and I love her and I still love her and I remember watching her video where she was talking about trying to earn the Cadillac and I was so intrigued I was like a Cadillac that sounds like Mary Kay or like isn't it the pink Cadillac that sounds like Mary Kay that sounds familiar but like she's a young hip sassy confident chick and she wants a Cadillac and I'm listening and she set this goal and she was like nervous to do it. And she's like, I'm uncomfortable here, but I'm going to work on this and work for this goal. And it's with my company that if anyone's curious, DM me. And at that point too, I was starting to just do little comedy things, just relatable mom stuff. I'm no blogger. I was no full-time, whatever content creator. I was just on a lark doing little dumb things in Vine at the time, the Vine app or what have you, my little characters with Snapchat filters and things like that. And she just thought that was so funny. And she called me and she just said, I mean, I really want to say it was very organic and I wasn't targeted. And she did not know that I had any hair issues or hair problems, ironically. She just said, I think you're just amazing. I just enjoy watching you. I tune in every day to see if there's a new skit or a new video. Have you ever thought of doing anything like monetizing your social media? 
And I was like, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you mean I could get paid for being just a ding dong online in these little character wigs and Snapchat filter faces, what? Um, I just was intrigued with her, let's just chat more and talk more. And the way she talked about her upline. My upline is teaching me how to show up on social media in this way and to uh, monetize this effort that I do put into communications and marketing for myself or building my own personal brand online. And you could do the same. Okay. So that's hold kind on of a second. Being. That mm-hmm. sounds 100% legitimate to me. Right. Like all of the words that you chose that she chose to use on you, all of the words that you shared sound legitimate. Those are legitimate terms. Those are business terms. She's talking mm-hmm. about like influencer terms. She's talking about monetizing your social media, all of these things, like a legitimate mentor that would want to help you become a social media influencer, a legitimate social media influencer would also use these terms. And so that's where we get into that loaded language and these red flags. And sometimes these offers turn out to be scams, like we're about to hear. And sometimes they turn out to be legitimate things. So we also have to understand that at this point, those red flags are starting to wave. We have to ask a couple more questions and go a little bit deeper to figure it out. But know that sometimes scams come in and look totally legit. That's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. And now through the education I am immersing myself in this past two years, not just in MLMs or the problematic industry there, but into other organizations like Amanda's book calls out that can be cult-ish or cult-like or very culturally so niche that people get very narrow in their view and reduce their ability to have self-awareness because of just what they're involved in or the leader they follow or the party they align with, right? So this whole education in what can be problematic in that you're not an individual anymore. You're part of a group and we do things this way. And that loaded language, like you said, here's a couple more. It was monetize your social media. Every woman should be having multiple streams of income. And I'll just focus on women here because in my MLM world, it was 98% women. Multiple streams of income, stop trading dollars for hours. Ooh, that makes a lot of sense. Why would I want to give up all these hours for dollars? Passive income, residual income. That's how it was all positioned to me. And when you talk about the marketing and branding and how to show up on social media, really utilize these platforms for more than just sharing family photos or being an average person, be obsessed, don't be average, right? We're reading Grant Cardone, we're reading Eric Worre, we're reading, um, um, uh, who was the other one? Jack Campbell books and John Maxwell books. And we're just expanding and Rachel Hollis, of course, and we're made for more. And we're going to become all these little personal brands on Instagram and we're going to monetize and we're going to, um, and, and don't worry that it just comes in, a, in the version of a shampoo bottle. That's how it was positioned to me. This is, you're getting all this training and all of this expertise and all of this coaching and mentoring in everything I just mentioned. 
business, marketing, branding, and social media know-how. It's just coming in the vehicle of a shampoo bottle. And that's some interesting foreshadowing to things we'll talk about later about yeah. how it's not really about the shampoo. It's about this amazing community of women we're building. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I launched my business. I decided the time to, as I'm evolving as a human being and a person and a mom, I'm like, well, you know what? I've got these issues that I feel I want to come out with and be transparent with. Maybe I can find others who are like me and maybe by talking about what I struggle with, I can help other people. So unfortunately, I did tie that in with my MLM launch. Hey, I've partnered with this shampoo company of all things and I have trichotillomania, which is a hair disorder. It is an impulse control disorder. It's definitely a mental health and wellness issue. And I don't want to live in secrecy about it anymore. I don't want to hide or be in shame about it. So this is me, take me or leave me. And I have some products if you're interested. I'm also enjoying this community. And it was, it was everything. From there, it was just like pedal to the metal. I did not look back. I went full bore into this. I, for two straight years, gave probably full-time full career hours to the effort of building this business to the tune of whatever my upline had painted the vision for. Whatever she was doing, whatever claim was going on, even in just private Facebook groups, my bonus, it's paid for this. I can't wait till you guys get to this level and all of that. I was, I was all in. Yep. So you're all in, you're chugging along, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. I hate to use that, but that's, I mean, it's really what it is. Absolutely. you're drinking the Kool-Aid and you are on this incredible high. How high did you climb on that pyramid with Monet? Not high at all. So you and I had talked earlier about offline, maybe about not wanting to be scammy, not wanting to do those old ways of inviting people to my house. And then have you ever tried this hand cream or shampoo or rejuvenate oil? Didn't want to do that. Wanted to be absolutely direct and organic about my relationships and the business. So what we were taught was attraction marketing. Why don't you just put everything out on social media that you're about, that the story you're telling, your personal struggles, your rise up from hiding with trichotillomania to overcoming it and sharing about it so people can feel your pain and maybe relate to you. You know how that goes. Other women might share their divorce. They might share a personal trauma. They might share something in their past that is compelling and that the MLM has had something to do with their now success or what have you. So attraction marketing, we just put out content and people come all in the DMs to join. I want to be part of this. This looks great. You're having fun. I want to hear more. You're inspiring me. Let me join your team. Like that was the idea. And as you well know, I mean, come on, that may work for one month to six weeks to eight weeks for somebody new in an MLM with a big, big network, already a pretty established influence, people willing to yeah, follow them into a new project, a new adventure. Uh, it fizzled out. And even my upline was not ranking. She made it to the third highest rank 
and stopped. And that's when uh, lifelong network marketers and corporate was like, you gotta be a little bit more proactive. You gotta be a little bit more uh, cast a net right into people and, and in different places and start connecting and probably, yeah, have events, have live events, have parties, have people in, host something for the holidays, uh, bubbles and braids, Roberta, bubbles and braids. We're going to have champagne and braid each other's hair. We're going to have a shampoo and champagne parties. I mean, so it was like back to the old ways. Wow. Yeah. Because I feel like, and that is, that's kind of where I think MLMs as an industry are, they're really feeling like the burnout, the overexposure, the saturation online, especially Instagram and Facebook is at peak. It's peak. I mean, it's, you can't cut through the clutter anymore. It's all clutter. So your post, your love of your products, your fun time you had at your conference, you're posting the pictures and it's just, it's just going nowhere, falling flat. So they are all coming back to, I guess we just need to get back in the living rooms. I guess we just, you know, Tupperware had it down, right? Like invite people in and demonstrate the products. And that's truly what we're going to have to go back to because the social media attraction thing runs its course and the connecting with people under the guise of you are doing amazing things on social media. I think you're great DMS only to then, would you ever want to hear about my opportunity? The making of friends, the going on the Bumble apps, the working LinkedIn and these other direct social connection ways to find the new clients is been so exposed as well that it's truly looking as disingenuous as any other MLM tactic in history of MLMs. It's kind of funny because MLM sort of inadvertently Streisand affected themselves with the attraction marketing because they're like, just put it out there, just put it out there and everyone will like want to follow you. But basically what happened was they ridiculously saturated the market to the point that so many people have been victimized that we're not being quiet anymore. Before, when it was just in your living room, if you had a bad experience with Tupperware, you would just tell the lady behind you at the grocery store, like, oh, I had a bad experience. Or you wouldn't say anything at all because that's not what a lady does. But now we've got groups of victims who can sit and have these group therapy sessions and talking about how XYZ did this to me and they refuse to admit it. Absolutely. The biggest red flag right away for me was because I have trichotillomania and as a result of having trichotillomania, which if any viewers don't know, listeners don't know, that's a hair pulling disorder. You can pull your eyelashes, your eyebrows, but um, I was shaving the hair on my head just to be done with it, uh, eliminate the temptation of pulling hair. So it is very specific and but the hair doesn't fall out on its own for any reason. It is definitely related to anxiety, depression, and mental struggles. Um, So I was shaving my head and wearing wigs and scarves and trying to grow my hair and all these things at the time that I would go into hashtag hair loss. And I would float around in social media forums uh, around hair loss, around people struggling to grow hair to get an idea of like what, what other what really honestly to see like if anyone would like to buy shampoo it's so sad 
And there I was, um, a lot of alopecia is on Instagram and a lot of people that don't, don't have any choice, can't really, um, it is genetic or it is a whole host of reasons why their hair won't grow or it has fallen out and is not coming back. And I would see, that's when I saw somebody clapping back about, I'm sick of the MLMs. I'm sick of these businesses. Not only sick of MLMs, but sick of any business that is predatory about my problem, hair loss at this point. So alopecia women were educating me at that point as I viewed their social media on vitamins that promise hair growth, supplements and collagen and different things that guarantee hair growth. And they had specific highlight reels about Monate. Because this MLM was, uh, people were being aggressive and in the DMs and I can help you or in comment threads publicly. Uh, I don't know, but my shampoo helps hair grow and making those claims. That was my first introduction to, oh my Lord, these claims are outrageous. I can see that and I'm with this MLM, but also how could you go into somebody's personal life? You don't know their day-to-day. -day, you don't know anything about them. You just see a bald spot or a thinning hairline and you are hard selling. And I felt again, so icky about that, that I, I went ahead and made videos like, I understand, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, my cognitive dissonance was on fire and I was trying to make sense of how do I keep showing up and representing what I feel is a great product with compassion for what is going on over here, knowing that certain tactics are out of bounds, outrageous, offensive, and also, however, wanting everyone to understand that a mom or a woman's just got to have her hustle. I mean, I've got to have a, I'm making income from home. And I, if a, somebody over here is selling wigs and they have a discount code for wigs or an influencer code for their wigs or their products related to their, you know, I was trying to make sense of all of it. And at the end of the day, when you can't, and when you're, it's, it, there's just like loose ends and and loose fragments of how I'm feeling, that's where it's kind of settled in. That was about six months into the business. And I thought, okay, wow, there are people adamantly against this product. There are people adamantly against MLMs, everything, the toothpaste, the skincare, anything I've ever done. It's, it, it's not just certain people, it's maybe this whole industry. It drives the behavior. But I still wanted to believe the good in everybody and my uplines and you and I talked about it before there's certain schools of thought and mindset Ew, buzzword there's mindsets we're not going to be like your mama's or your granny's MLM we're not going to do that we're not going to go out and act that way and those people that did gave gave money a bad name they gave LuLaRoe a bad name the ones that do it classier and do it with more compassion and do it with more heart and do it more organically. That's what we want to do. But, and I, there's people out there coaching in that, in that vein of thought. And I really, really, really wanted to believe that that was possible, but guess what? You won't rank. <laughs> it's you really rank. interesting, right? They have yeah. all these coaches that are trying to like teach you the right way of doing it. Don't be spammy. Don't be scammy. And honestly, I feel like these coaches watch anti-MLM content and take notes and go, okay, that's what we're not supposed to do. 
and then sort of twist it and say, well, these are the good things, but the main thing that they leave out is the math and the statistics and the fallacy and the fact that it's mathematically impossible mm-hmm. and that it's a utopian idea that cannot exist. They leave all of that out. They're selling a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, they're selling this entire illusion. We're going to do it so differently. I mean, it started with the attraction marketing and then immediately about face. Oh, and actually we need to reach out to people and be more direct. And oh, actually you're going to have to, you might have to lug some inventory around and put out displays and just really show them how the dry shampoo works. It's like, oh, okay, this is- I mean, it's like just lie after lie after lie. They're like, okay, we're going to tell them this. Robert likes to call it the big lie. So we're going to tell them this big lie and they're all going to believe it. And it's going to work for a while, right? As long as everybody's believing it, it'll work. But then it stops working because it can't work forever. Again, utopian. Mm-hmm. And so then we have to tweak our message. But it needs to be different enough that it's going to actually make a change and work again. So you're almost 180-ing back to the old ways again. We This social media, it is just, it's just a distraction. It just takes away from the personal connection, which we really want here is to connect and have community. Social media and COVID has taken that away from us. We need to connect again. So now we're 180 back into this one-on-one, these these parties in the living room, just a couple girlfriends. It doesn't need to be a big thing. Just get your really good friends mm-hmm. and let's do some shampooing in the kitchen sink and, and eating and drinking some snacks. Yeah. Yep. And I realized too, there was so many little subcultures within. We're seeing that now with one that just defected and is going to another MLM and there's cults within the cult. I mean, we, you have a certain team that has a certain style and a certain way that they communicate and you can see how it's copy paste copy paste on the downlines then there are others that are going to be much more in your face they're going to rent the mansion or the yacht or the lambo they're going to drive around make content flash fake money just for the just for views just for likes just for building and for painting an illusion in that in that light uh, it's smoke and mirrors. It, it just, after a while, I thought, who, who is genuine? Who is telling the truth? When that is an, a question in your mind, you're showing up to these Zooms and you're hearing the same speech over and over, same little buzzwords and sound bites and screen grabs from the latest book somebody read. And even if it was a Brene Brown book, it's being twisted into the MLM speak, you know, so, so it can really push people in this direction or that direction. And finally, I, between the lawsuits and knowing that there was just a lot more than unhappy customers, there was damage, there was devastation, there was risk. And I started to realize Anytime there was something to trumpet up in your stories, an award or a claim, like being a member of the National Hair Loss Association, do a little digging. That's not a real thing. That's not a nonprofit. That's not anything that anyone from the alopecia or the um, other hair loss communities would join. 
they don't go to the BFRB or the uh, trichotillomania like conventions or they're not in these educational materials. Like that is an actual for-profit clinic in Arizona. <laughs> and I think the president is a money partner. Oh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's a total, it's a total ridiculous thing. That's not real in the professional hair industry at all. You know, and just this award and that award I'm going, I guess. And I think what um, started to happen was I listened a little bit more to my intuition and then I just blatantly out and out saw behavior and I was witness to public actions that were against the terms and conditions of the agreement. They're against the rules. They are cheating. They are, I just, I thought this isn't business. This isn't how business works. You can't, if you sell cars on a car lot, you can't ask your coworkers to buy a car so you can meet your sales goal. If you are, right? I mean, if you're, you know, a person who is um, working on your social media uh, strategy at a big six accounting firm, you can't ask your teammates to constantly be engaged on the social media posts so that they perform well, so that your job won't be in jeopardy. I mean, this isn't how life works. And I realized as well that when we were all starting to get really personal, when I would see those comments and I would see clapbacks about money in social media, my heart would palpitate. I would, oh, I would be like, oh my God, what, what are they saying now? What is happening? What have I gotten myself into kind of a feeling, but yet also ready to jump, ready. My ego was ready to defend, ready to climb into that comment section and turn it all around. Here's a question. Yeah. Do you think Stuart felt that way when those things were being said? <laughs> and for those that don't know, Stuart is the, the CEO of Monet. Do you think the CEO felt that way? Do you think he was panicking and freaking out the way that all of his shampoo dealers are? Great point. Does the corporate president get very personally injured when there is feedback about the product line or when the lawsuits and the class action was gathering traction, when the Facebook groups were assembling? Like, hey, I had this experience. It was terrible. The customer service is bad. And I also have injuries, uh, sores. My hair fell out. I, this was the product dried my hair out, all the things. Very good question because the mentality that what, what is so definitive of it being a cult-like mentality with the 1099 employees and reps and partners is when you are all in, it is your identity and you are a little bit confused on how to extract yourself from Monate girl, LuLaRoe girl, young living person, Rodan and Fields rep. I know that's not the same for everybody, but I know for me, I wanted this to work. I was told you have to have so much belief in this brand, in the products, in yourself, in your team and in your uplines that if you don't, you will fail. So where is your belief? Scale of one to 10, we were constantly quizzed. Write it down for yourself. Take assessment daily. Where's your belief? Do you believe money is an effective shampoo or is, 
a decent product. Do you believe in the products? Okay. Do you believe in our leadership? Okay. Do you believe in yourself? But yourself was the last resort. It's more about if you have the belief, then you're willing to invest. You're willing to try the new products when they're launched. How are you going to sell them if you've never tried them? You're willing to invest in coaching, sink more of your finances, your time, your creative energy into this entire thing. And Stuart gets paid for his job. Ray, the other leadership CEOs and founders of the company, they get paid and they have probably great retirement packages and securities as well if should the parent company shut these doors because there is a parent company for in money's example everybody's taken care of the 1099 contract employee is not and the 1099 contract employee that pays to go to convention instead of gets paid to run a convention is the one that's personally injured when you hear something terrible about your product or your business or your industry and that's where i felt like this is not the way it should be. People can go to their place of business. They can go work for Coca-Cola. They can go work for Whole Foods and come home and read an article that says the Whole Foods CEO did something unethical. They can go home and read an article that you know Coca-Cola was canned improperly and injured some people. And it's not a personal injury to them. They will not have that mentality about it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And then even somebody who like sells Coca-Cola products and sells Pepsi products, like if I sold Coca-Cola products and I went to a place and ordered a Coke and they said, is Pepsi okay? I wouldn't like go off and be like, how dare you? Why would you sell an inferior product? I cannot eat here. I will not support this restaurant anymore. How dare you? It's just, it doesn't happen. Right. Right. And there that gets right into personal relationships. So when I was all in and where is my belief on this stuff and how invested are you and you and you and you and you and the thousands of us were quizzed on these on these zoom calls. How all in are you? Well, I'm so all in that I'm going to probably go to every family event, barbecue, wedding, next hair appointment. I'm going to see my nail tech or the barista at Starbucks and wonder if they'd be great for my business it bled into everything in my life. And I can't again say that that was the way it was with the first two MLMs, but the fact that this one just was probably the perfect storm of social media presence, aggressive tactics, aggressive and fast growth. And I will say that although I'm assuming Stuart is not as personally injured by the feedback or by the negativity in the press over, over his brand, he has exhibited some behavior and has executed on some things in a way that does say otherwise. It definitely says, uh, I think that I will not, um, the leadership of the corporate anyway over there at Monet is one that is not always going to be on the defensive, but takes some offensive as well. And I, personally found that to be very unattractive if I can put it lightly because I've never seen a CEO or a president of a company act like 
an entitled I, I, I'm starting to find words. <laughs> right? Entitled walnut. We'll go with that. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Yes. I mean, it's like, pull yourself together. Where is your level of inspiring all of us on how to handle this or how to, yeah, be classy about this or how to have compassion about this. And then, and then the whole vocabulary and definitions of gaslighting opened up to me. I, you know, frankly, I watched some YouTubes. I watched my anti-MLM YouTubes and I was like, oh, that's what that is. We're going to take an entire group of people that have assembled to say a product did me dirty. A product did me wrong. I don't, I wasted my money. And also my scalp, hair, and skin are having an issue with the performance of this product. The company is making me feel like I'm crazy. The company is downplaying this. 
And the CEO has gone into the press and said himself, not even had a talking head do it, but like said himself, this is what we're thinking. And we take, you know, no responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Not everybody's going to love our products. And it was gaslighting. I didn't, so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable, Roberta. Uh, I was on that end of the gaslighting. I was on the, I was on the receiving end of his gaslighting. Uh, I don't remember when it was probably a year, year and a half ago, probably lines up with this story too, because we were speaking out against Monet and sharing things. I believe it was before the lawsuit as well, sharing different things. And he targeted us. It wasn't me specifically. Um, I, I did get some Monet hate, but not nearly as much as my friend um, who is the anti-MLM police. She got <laughs> most of Stu's brunt uh, of his anger. Um, and they had a little bit of an online feud there for a while where they were sort of digging at each other. And it was actually pretty interesting to watch. But yes, I absolutely remember being on the receiving end of all of that. Incredible, because you had that experience. And I have the experience of seeing him on stage and performative, so performative, obviously at convention, you gotta keep people hype, you gotta keep people excited. And I always call him like the game show host because it's, but wait, there's more. And his favorite thing to do would be the big reveal of the new product or the new top leadership trip or wherever we're gonna be going in the world if you earn, if you rank, if you recruit. And there's that, and then, there's also converting people to Christianity. I mean, I'm watching the past two years, this development of not only a little religion dabbled in here and there to some people's Instagram stories, or I just really feel like Jesus and God are involved in my business. Little, little drips and drabs. We are now a worship team. Monate has a worship team that is delegates of senior leadership senior executive directors that feel so strongly there should be church services songs sung bibles distributed john maxwell who is a leadership former pastor master class guy you guys can google him written books and things like that he He's contracted with Monet the past couple of years and Stuart, the president is on the worship team. Like I've really, just from a logical perspective, Roberta, in our society, in America, freedom of religion and in a capitalistic society, it's like, what other CEO? What other CEO? And I'd realized that there are some and that is a company's right to have religion, I suppose, involved in their manifestos, in their mission statements, in their corporate marketing strategies. Chick-fil-A is closed every Sunday. I get it. Uh, Dan Cathy probably has led a prayer at company conventions for the franchisees. Fine. But to take this, this shampoo company that is an MLM, and as you and I know, it's a pyramid scheme with products that just legitimize it in the eyes of our government. To have that, but use it as an opportunity to coerce and convince and influence people in this other way. Getting, not only are you involved in our relationships, our friendships, our marriages, our, um, our, our homes, because this is a work from home business, work from anywhere business, but now you're in my spiritual and faith life. So irresponsible, so inappropriate. Absolutely, 
out of bounds. And that's what I've seen the last two years really rise and get so much stronger is this faith-based faction of MLM. Yeah, uh, that actually has come up a lot in interviews um, where at these conventions and these events that are very like deeply rooted in these spiritual and religious ties that they actually have like baptisms and, and conversions at these conventions. Did you witness that? Does Monet have that sort of like join the Christian church? We're going to be baptizing everybody on Sunday type thing. It's interesting because I feel like it's, there's a disconnect with it at the leadership level. You know, the Erdinetta family founded Monate. The parent company is called Alcora. If the Erdinetta if the founded Alcora and it has Ludine and Monate and all these other arms of business and brands, I, not really sure, but they definitely are the, they're definitely in the Monate narrative. And they brought direct sales MLM from Venezuela to Miami, started Monate and, you know, have this historical telling of how it came to be. The sister runs the gratitude arm of the company. Don't get me started. It's, you got to have the nonprofit arm in order to, again, play into people's altruistic nature and we're helping people and we're making the world a better place. If you buy $80 in shampoo, we'll donate such and such of money to this, right? But the whole family's involved, spouses, siblings, and it's, and it's Stuart plucked out of some resume with Arbonne, then the world's largest Ponzi scheme, tele, tele, Telefax free or Telefree, literally largest Ponzi scheme, largest fraud pulled off worldwide. He was the interim CEO of that. He helped uh, in the Wikipedia, I read about it, helped dismantle all of that and basically hide assets and hide things as that thing was being sanctioned and uh, convict, you know, the charges were being filed. I guess he came over to Monate from there. What kind of, what, what, what kind of professional resume? And then he is more in the Christian, we've got to have a worship team. We've got to celebrate on Sundays after every convention kind of a guy. So I, I don't know that the Erdnettas really align with that. I really don't. It's a very interesting dynamic. It's uh, gross. Mm -hmm. And not the only it, MLM that does that. That's so commonplace. And in fact, when you mention that, it's just like, uh-huh, yep, there's the last checkbox. Like, yeah, exactly. How, how much can you exploit? How many areas can you exploit? Um, we know that in day-to-day -day in, in social media, women will be, um, and I did it as well, because you think you're talking into the heart of solving someone's problem. You think you are being an instrumental educator and empowering person as you're with your MLM to help solve the problem of needing more income or wanting to stay home with the babies or wanting just that little bit of extra money on the side of my full-time gig or career or corporate job. You really feel, you're told that you are helping people and that this is a means to those ends. And to go further and say, I, I, I was able to survive a traumatic situation because my MLM was there for me. My community never let me down. I was able to um, get over physical or mental or emotional problem because my MLM 
was there for me. My uplines never left my side because my business was, uh, you know, thriving. And so I'm better now mentally, or I've beat, you know, this emotional issue or past trauma, or I've healed in this way. It's like, what are we really, what are we really taught? How important is it for you to have people join your team that you're willing to claim that? It's just, and I, and this whole thing, this whole past seven years for me, all these MLMs and then coming out of it and now being here and being able to talk to you and listen to your podcasts and read books like Cultish and watch Leah Remini on Scientology and all of that. It's like, I understand we all live in our truths. We all live in our truths. But when your truth resonates just off an echo chamber of other people who have that same story or who are validating you every step of the way, why do they do it in MLMs? They validate you every step of the way. They echo chamber back to you what you need to hear, what you want to hear so they can make money. If you stay, if you don't leave, if you don't doubt, if you don't break everything apart and see red flags, you will be investing of your time, your resources, and your finances, most definitely. Okay, so that is such an amazing segue into something that I want to talk about. We're talking about how, again, it's all about making money. We mentioned before, we talk about all the time, it's not about the product. That's why some of the product is great. Some of the product is shit. It's not about the product. It's about getting you in, luring you in because they want you to make money and it's about making money. Okay. So we all know what happened to boo recently. It was shut down the top teams in boo. There's all kinds of drama. If you're into the boo drama, I try not to follow the drama. I just don't have the time. (laughs) If you guys like listening to new podcast episodes, be happy that I'm not involved in the drama, (laughs) but I will say there is some drama and I get a little tidbits because I am in these chats and I guess one of the main teams of boo has now decided to change directions. Obviously they don't have an MLM to be a part of anymore. And they are now going to this other MLM called Tranant, Tranant. I don't know how to say that. It's the CBD M&M, M&M. M&M. <laughs> mm, yummy. <laughs> it's the CBD MLM, um, okay. Tranant or something. So they're going from drinking magic dirt to selling overpriced CBD products. Okay. Wow. So again, it's not about the product. It's not. Right. Right. It's about this falsehood of like wellness and this falsehood of like, we just want to help you. And it's really just about making money and building that pyramid. Why else bring your entire team? Okay. Yes. Yes. So we talked in the very beginning of this episode. I said, that's some foreshadowing. The foreshadowing we're going to talk about now, because it's happening in Monate is with this, this team. And when I hear about this team, it, it, it brings me immediately to Amway and their mm-hmm. lines of affiliation. This is what this team and like the juggernaut that this team is being and acting like reminds me of. Again, it's not about the product. It's not about, it's about this team, which is right. the cult, which right. are these mini cults inside of MLM, which is the mini cult inside of the even bigger cult of MLM. So we're now like cultception three levels here. Yes. Like, let's really be following this here because we're like really deep inside of a cult, inside of a cult, inside of a cult. Um, And this one is is a big team in Monate that is WFABB. I call it WFAB, um, but I don't I don't know how they pronounce it. But that to me that says WFAB. (laughs) 
Right. I don't know. I know either. WFAB, but it's work from anywhere. I thought it was boss babes, but what is it? Work from anywhere. Business builders or boss builders or business bosses or something. I mean, it's boss babes. It's work from anywhere boss babes. Let's be honest. Yeah. So you and I talked about branding and a lot of the people in these MLMs now fancy themselves either because they've had to put their feet to the fire on social media and really learn fast algorithms, how to connect with people, how to cut through the clutter, how to make myself stand out. But also there is people who are who were entrepreneurs before this and were well-versed already in such things as online presence, word of mouth marketing, and using platforms that are free, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, now TikTok to do your thing. So like you said, there's cults within the cults. So WFABB is probably started as a team page. It probably started as a group that's just, let's communicate what we're doing within Eight. That's how my team page started. There's all those teams, Hustle and Heart, Freedom Collective, Grit Culture. We all have our name and we all have the people we don't talk to because they did us wrong or my upline is just someone I refuse to assimilate with anymore. We're over here doing our thing. And it's just within the MLMs, yes, sub cults and cultures. So WFABB was not anyone I had any familiarity with until watching anti-MLM actually. But I will say a lot of what I'm finding, especially being on TikTok, is that the people that have followings, the people that you're kind of amazed how and why do people find this funny or relatable or how do they get this many followers? I just feel like a lot of times it's the people with the most audacity. And that is what WFAB is not lacking in. They have all the audacity, whether it is false or genuine authentic confidence, they sure have it and they are loud and they are often. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just checked the hashtag because when I heard about it, I was like, what the heck? And um, yes. So they've all decided this team as a team collectively, I don't know how many people are in this WFAB. That's what I'm gonna call it. I don't know how many people are in WFAB. Um, but they have decided that they no longer want to be shampoo dealers, probably because the market is saturated, probably because you can't make any sales, probably because there's lawsuits and there's drama and like, it's a total scam. And it's very obvious to most people at this point. And now they are deciding to leave the hair care industry and dip their toes into crypto. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. If, if the market of shampoo wasn't already volatile enough, like let's add the cryptocurrency market to that. So they're, they're touting, I don't know what the MLM is that it is that they're doing, but it's some like Forex training course or something. I think it's called iGenius. Oh, that's right. iGenius. iGenius. I don't know anything about it, but when you start talking about financial MLMs and insurance MLMs, that is where my eyes go cross-eyed. It is just so confusing and it is so different because the de- the defense of the people who are in the world financial group or in primerica and now this igenius or any of this other stuff it is a whole different world wow and there is not only toxic positivity but toxic masculinity out there as well much more so than skincare and shampoo it's just it's wild to me it's wild to me for them to just be like, um, we're going to do this now. It's not about Absolutely. the product at all. Like 
if that to me it's like that's a scam like yeah this scam doesn't work for us anymore let's pack up and i found a better scam and the fact that the company that they're going to is called iGenius i mean come on Lazy. if you need to <laughs> name your company iGenius come on like that's so loaded it really is i feel Listen. like real geniuses wouldn't work for that company All right. <laughs> And is it spelled the same, like G-E-N-I-U-S? Or is there some funny little I-A-S? Is it like, I don't know. I, I will never know because like you said, there's only so much bandwidth and time and energy I have. And little by little, I just feel like if I put out this little information or this point of view or this little truth bomb, maybe I can help someone today, but my, oh my, the layers go so deep. When you say it doesn't matter about the product, absolutely right. And I also was talking with someone about this. I thought there are just people that, there are people that fall into MLMs because they have been influenced to do so. And it looked like a good idea at the time and their self-awareness was just not at a heightened level. And they maybe were in that vulnerable spot. We've talked about all that before, the typical audience and target customer and the reps are the customers. So target customer, target recruits. I feel that obviously MLMs attract also opportunistic people who are absolutely 100% a-okay taking your money. Doesn't matter for what, they have their idea of what is right or how they will get you to some level. They have the audacity and they are just fine with how any of that works. Take your money, uh, put you on a Zoom call once in a while, um, jump from company to company, and grass is greener or scam looks easier or steps look like they're less convoluted. Here we go. And just to take hundreds of people with you. I don't know the number either. I don't know the magnitude or the arm. I'm picturing, I'm picturing, here's what I picture. I I love to figure out the behind the scenes. I I think what's happening at corporate when a big number like that, like let's say a hundred people, 150 people. What if that many are leaving? What if some just quit? Maybe they don't go to iGenius, but they just quit Monet because they're like, well, my leaders are gone. The people I trusted are gone. So what's happening at corporate? What's the thought process? And also whose uplines, uplines, upline is losing a big leg, a big stream of income now that they are cutting themselves out or being asked to leave or what have you. The latest is they aren't even truly in control of their own social media because of the fear or the reality that money could come after them for marketing a new product, marketing a new opportunity to the following they built while aligned with money. Imagine that, Roberta. Imagine an Instagram you've had for four, two, four, six, eight years. You have to dump it and have a backup account, start a whole new thing because you were with an MLM, you ranked so high, a lot of your following is the reps, the customers, not even your downline, but the whole, they're following you because you are a personality within money. Now you just don't even have autonomy over your own Instagram. Big yikes. Yeah, wow. So there's this person, I'm gonna be as vague as possible because I have to kind of save anonymity but there is a person that has been emailing me back and forth for months um who has a lot of very big ties 
to the tippity-toppity CEOs of MLMs uh, in a roundabout way. And they messaged me and they said, because uh, we were talking about like pyramids falling and, and like the tippity tops of like things and like people like us are in their mouths constantly because we're a threat. And, yeah. and so this person was telling me through their connection what had been happening. They said, Roberta, I don't think you understand how many of these CEOs are customer number one of the pyramid that wow. they are the tippity top of the pyramid, that those people that are the top of the figureheads, they're, those people are underneath the CEO, that the CEO is also getting a massive bonus check in this pyramid scheme as well. Wow. If not all, most. And I was like, that is something that I've never even thought of. So to your question of, I wonder what they're doing at corporate, on the corporate side, they're probably like, oh crap, that's a big leg. That's, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue a month. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. But then on the other end is, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. My bonus check that I count on to pay all the ridiculous things that I have to maintain this MLM CEO lifestyle. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the last one of the events money just had was at the CEO's home. Okay. So imagine the catering, the production. I mean, there had to have been a hundred guests. This is personal, so personal um, when it comes down to that top leadership and this and the secrets that lie within. You know, we all know you're on different calls. You have different terms and conditions once you get to a certain level, starting with Motor Club and then on up, non-competes and everything. Obviously, it's very entangled. I have always wondered, I've always wondered about that. Monate likes to say 50% of every dollar is paid out to the field. And it's like, let's look at how it's disseminated <laughs> top to bottom though. And that is so interesting when you bring that up because we'll never know. We'll never see the behind the scenes. No one is ever producing the actual numbers. If you say you have 3 million customers and you have 5,000 part, 500,000 partners, my question's always been 300,000 customers. Hmm. Those are either VIP or retail or are they including the 500,000 partners? Let's get to that. Maybe it doesn't. If you have 3 million, when's the last time they ordered? Show me the people that have ordered the last six months, the, the people that get regular flex ships, the people that um, ordered in 2014. Are they part of that number? Once they helped a cousin out, they got a shampoo order once. Where's the data? You know, I'm, that's what I'm like now that I am of this more analytical mind and I want to unpack everything and just show that they are the convention slides, the PowerPoints is what they want you to see. It's, 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 it's substantiated by very little. It doesn't have to be. No one's asking the questions. No one. Yeah. And how many of those are ghost accounts that are just secondary accounts that people made to buy product underneath <laughs> their own name? <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. If you have 500,000 market partners, and at least every single market partner has created the one or two dummy accounts, you know, their kid, their elderly grandma, just to hit that VIP goal or the, the one goal that month. Come on. So yeah, exactly. We had someone on the show that admitted to using their cat as a ghost account to order things. Oh my word. I can't imagine. It's like, it's just an email and a phone number. It's just an email. It's and a phone absolutely number. wild. Absolutely wild. 
and to the whole thing, right? So MLMs always say, you know, we're not a pyramid scheme because we have a product and we're selling this product. And to them, I will say, yes, of course, you all have a product. Uh, it's this bobble trinket over here, the real product, the absolute product. And I will give them this. Every single MLM does sell an actual product. And that product is the ability to sell the product to someone else. Yes. And that is right. the main thing that MLM sells is the opportunity to sell this to someone else. Yep. That's right. And recently just watching the other half of money try and sell hot tools, recycled, hot, low quality hot tools. Wait, while, recycled? What do you mean? What? Oh, okay. So let's get, I told you I did some comedy and the part of what me coming around to seeing all the red flags and MLMs, when I was in money, I would do little characters. Okay. Do you want to hear one of my characters? It would be Jerry from the warehouse. Okay. So I had this character with I would talk to my friends about like when the next flash sale would come out, I would be so disappointed because it's like, dude, we've seen this before. This is regurgitated merchandise or <laughs> recycled, upcycled bullcrap from last season's flash sales. And we're always supposed to be on social media. This is the best sale of the year. It's just so amazing. And you're supposed to be bowled over by it. And I would... I had this character I came up with. It's just like, there's some disgruntled, you know, old school guy in the warehouse. It's just like bring out the old macaroon curlers, the foam curlers, throw them in the grab bag. I don't care. Get Stuart down here. Everything's a mess. Can't get rid of these things. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I'm just putting on a comedy bit for the sidelines and my buddies that would listen to me about it, but it's me complaining that this is, this is not new. There's nothing innovative about this. I'm supposed to get any customer excited about yet another flat iron. Bro, the, the reps are the customers. They're the only ones excited about any of this. And what is hilarious is when you've had an SED flex, her paycheck is so big. She has four Dyson air wraps that she's given out for Christmas last year. And it's the cat's meow. And now she's got to sit in her bathroom and like, but this, this, and you're hearing it clink and clank. And it's some cheap hot tool with the money logo on it. And you're like, now you got to sell me a money tool. What happened to the Dyson air wrap, Sarah? What happened to the flat iron you left last year from what, a, you know, the, what other, other company now money, you know, the more they get into more things, healthcare. I mean, my is doing collagen now, sleep drops. What, what on earth? So now you're, you're having to get into all these other verticals that you didn't sign up for because your company, what your company needs you more invested, you more engaged. They yes. know that your shampoo clients aren't going to be buying necessarily vitamin apple cider vinegar gummies from you. Won't be their first thought, but they know you'll buy it they know you'll buy it because your upline made it look very cool. And as soon as I saw uplines doing unboxings, Roberta, that was where I was like, too, like, who's, who are you doing this for? On our team page. Oh my God. Un un unboxing. I was the ridiculousness of unboxing things. Yeah. When, I mean, I get it. I understand an influencer unboxing things because like, when I unbox stuff that Drew sends me from Pineapple, it's like, look at all the cool stuff that I got. And again, I usually have no idea what she sends me. So for me, it's a genuine unboxing of like, look at this cool stuff. 
but for people to be unboxing the orders of the stuff that they sell it's not even the stuff that they bought that they're like look at this makeup i just bought for my youtube channel i'm going to do tutorials with it the next month yeah. it's like look at this makeup i got that you can buy from me yeah 100% and i'm saying Weird. these are on these are on private team pages Stuart. Oh my God. They're on private team pages. That makes it even weirder. Stuart recently sat with marketing and he would always come on to the Monate market partner official page. You have to put in your market partner ID to be in this Facebook group and would reveal what the holiday gift sets were. Who are you marketing to? I, I just want to ask everybody in the comment, everybody like watching the video, like who is this about? Are, are they getting us excited to get customers excited? I mean, this is for they know who's buying the holiday sets. They know who's buying the limited edition. Don't miss out. But wait, there's more holiday sets. Absolutely. The tops are going to buy a bunch of them. It's going to cause a ton of FOMO. The people in the middle are going to buy a, a good chunk of them. The ones, the tops will be able to sell it to their team members that didn't get any. Absolutely. So they're creating FOMO and then making their money back. So there's really no loss for them. What's going to happen is all the people below them that bought all of this stuff are going to pad their pockets and pad their their bonuses and there's all this FOMO and then Monet comes out and says we sold out no you didn't it was only available to the reps how did you sell out if it was only available to the reps absolutely the queue the wait to get on the website is such and such a long wait um no one else is trying to get on the website but y'all all reps and the people that don't get it that are left in tears feeling devastated like now my business won't make any money now i won't be able to pay my bills now i won't be able to put my daughter in dance lessons this month or buy groceries or pay for christmas or whatever the hell that launch was supposed to help them with and they didn't get it now they're devastated right and this right. happens how often far too often every month at least with these end of month runs for rank yeah it's horrible i especially this time of year and i did a tiktok about that just saying how you do see an uptick in numbers and joiners i just i joined in december there's this a wash of hope for the future and a new year and a new leaf and maybe i can be that person that I want to be confident. I want to show up like they do or what have you. I want to feel supported. I want to be in a community like that where they laugh and share gifts and memes in their chats and go for goals. I want to have goals. I want to have a new side of hustle and, and, and maybe this is it. And you have all this hope and then you're melancholy and kind of like emotional and in that vulnerable spot. It's Christmas. It's the holidays. There's so many things going on in our world today, as you well know, as we all know, that are fragmenting families apart, making people feel more isolated, whether it is literally COVID or politics that have divided people. And so now more than ever, the holidays can induce that emotion and sadness and sense of loss. So MLM swooping in with recruiting pitches and runs for rank. And this is the best time of year to join and all of that. I don't want anyone to be uh, fooled, but I do know that it's so hot and heavy right now. What do you feel like? Do, what do you feel like the future is for MLMs? And in since you've been in the MLM movement, anti-MLM movement, do you feel now is there is momentum? What's your perspective? So yeah. Okay. One, 100%. There's so much momentum, so much momentum. There is all kinds of stuff that's coming out. There's so many more educators, advocates, there's more media that's coming out. I'm getting all kinds of emails all the time 
I saw you in Lula Ridge. Oh, we have some questions. Can you answer them? And I get on the phone and I talk with these people and it is, it's very much like, it's not just LuLaRoe. I need you to know that. And I need you to know that MLMs are not businesses. And if you can understand those things then we can continue this conversation because it's really important to me to not just regurgitate the same exact story over and over again, as this is only a LuLaRoe problem, or this is only a, you know, this company over here problem. Like AdvoCare was shut down for being a pyramid scheme. So they don't have an MLM portion. Cool. Awesome. But that like, but there's hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of more that, that still do. Right. Um, education is the only thing that's going to change it, making sure that we know what we're talking about, that we have our facts straight and we have our statistics um, and that we can compassionately educate without like emotion. So I feel a lot of times like I'll type a response to somebody in a very emotional state and I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, that's not really what I want to convey, even though it's how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I try to get that out and then delete it and then respond in a, in a more calm manner because even with emotion like you're going to alienate people they're going to be like that was kind of snarky and I'm like well yeah it was snarky especially when they come at me so I've also learned to read it stew on it and then respond to it in a, in a more calm manner because I say it all the time I don't want to block people or have them block me because they might not need the message now but they're going to need it later mm-hmm. and so like I, I want to always make sure that that that's there and but for me, it's, it's all about the education. It really is. Yeah. And there's a huge momentum right now because we are, we're finally identifying what connects us all. Mm-hmm. And it's that we were all duped mm-hmm. and we all feel stupid and we shouldn't feel stupid because we were all duped. It's, it's part of it. Like, welcome to the club. Yeah. Don't feel stupid. Right. We're all, we're all stupid here. And because we're all stupid, none of us are stupid <laughs> in that way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's in that thinking. It's like, okay, well, I guess we're all this way. So I guess none of us can be, um, for me, it's the community, people like you that are creating content and, and talking about companies that I don't know about. And there's mm-hmm. other people out there that are talking about that see you and get inspired and make content. And they're talking about a different company and it's exponential. Yeah. And it's a, it's a reverse funnel now. Right. And we're now teaching and it's expanding out and out and out. And those people are teaching and a hundred people are seeing that video and inspiring people to watch another video. And it's just yeah. bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's and super I, exciting. Yeah. As soon as you can see it, you can't unsee it. Exactly. Exactly. And so I just want everyone to see it so that they can't unsee it anymore. And they can just, especially if you guys see people in comments saying like, uh, when, when you see pyramid things or MLM things and you see people being like, mm, they're so stupid. Like why do people keep falling for these? They deserve it. Please comment and tell those people, Hey, not everybody's experience is the same. Not everybody understands mm-hmm. complex mm-hmm. things. A pyramid scheme is a complex thing. And it's, it's very easy to be lied and manipulated into believing these things from people that you trust. There's so many factors. Absolutely. So we I have agree. to educate those people that are negative in the comments that are also anti-MLM. There's some people in the anti-MLM community that need an education and compassion. And I like educating them too. Right. That's part of it. It's insidious. I don't think people realize how insidious the cult tactics are. And I love that piece of the education because it's like very, it's very important right now because I feel many people are coerced and have so much influence to 
see politics a certain way or race a certain way or the police a certain way or our school systems a certain way. And it's like, again, if you're in that echo chamber, be aware of that and bust out of it a little bit to, pr to protect your integrity, really tune in with, with your intuition and be able to discern for yourself, I am in alignment or I'm not in alignment or, oh, I can understand, even though that's not my experience, how your lived experience differs from me and where we can meet together to make an impact and educate people here in the anti-MLM. I want to be so loud and show up often. I want to have more audacity and I want the community to feel that that is such a great offense and defense. I feel like in the old days before social media and before the rise of anti-MLM in this way, people would just not succeed or not rank or not be all in with their MLM anymore and quietly, as you mentioned, quietly, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or I was hurt and I'd rather just take my hurt and go and pack it up and just go and leave the chat groups or leave the Tuesday night meetings with my Mary Kay upline or whatever it was and quietly leave. I, I don't, I, I am loving this absolute tidal wave of the opposite of quiet loud, colorful, um, like educational, empowering, encouraging. And none of it is attached to any person is financially trying to get somewhere. It is simply about making that impact and having the compassion to say, if you don't want to talk about your experience, that's cool too. If you want to rather just kind of get out that's fine, but we're here. We're here as a support system if you have any need whatsoever as far as people defecting from MLMs. I love this tidal wave too. And I was talking to Mallory. Uh, I told her that I admired her and her content so much because she is so funny and her humor is not dehumanizing. Yes. And yes. I love that. Yes. And what you were saying about the echo chamber, 100%. We talk about that in the episode with Amanda Montel when we talk about cultish. We talk about having an anchor outside of your echo chamber. If you're still in your MLM, that's fine. If all the information you're getting from is from your MLM, that's not fine though. You need to have an anchor outside of your MLM. Whether it's someone that you were close to that's not in it anymore, to bounce ideas off of and be like, hey, this is still happening or whatever, or a really supportive friend that has really no financial gain from you at all. Someone that has no financial gain mm -hmm. to be your anchor outside of your organization so that when you have questions or your cognitive dissonance comes in and you're questioning it, that you can talk to that person and, and get a different perspective. Because if you're only in that echo chamber, you're only ever going to hear that same exact message and you're just going to get deeper and deeper and lost even more. Exactly. That's excellent. An anchor. Another thing I try and teach is um, and speak on is just that time that people do put in, as you mentioned, um, people who you were in MLMs with and you're seeing how much hustle they have and how much grind and ingenuity and creativity and style. And my whole thing has been as well, leaving the situation, not only is it not your own business, we've broken that all apart, that fallacy, but you could have your own 
business? Like what I like the WFAB team, why would you just go and use this brand you've built for something else that you truly own? You are not having to adhere to one or the other parent company's ideals or strategies. Like you y'all put so much time and effort into this as does anyone in an MLM truly hustling, truly trying to work within the comp plan to do something for their family, make the income, mentor women, whatever it may be. To have your own thing, your own business, another opportunity can be created by these women that are so smart and so, so hardworking, but the MLM keeps enough self-doubt there that it's like, no, just stay here. This is easier. This is how we do it. This is where these false hopes are created every month. And I just want to see people, what, what if, what if so many uh, enterprising women went out and started their own thing? Like you have. <laughs> yeah. If your paycheck is dependent on lying, stealing, scheming, and deceiving people, come on guys, really? In invalidating experiences like the shampoo didn't work for me or the leggings were moldy. Yeah, that's that's a problem. And it's that's so unchristian. Like for a company that's touting that it's Christian and is like, oh my God, our Christian values to invalidate people's experiences and to make them feel bad about themselves. Like that's not Christian. Like Jesus would be so ashamed of the people that these companies churn out. Honestly, I... Yeah, the 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 dissonance with that is so is so big. It's at, that's it angers me more so than really anything else is the exploitation of faith in any of this. Um, but I'm just gonna keep keeping on. I hope that I hope that you know a lot can be done in 2022 as well. Uh, the for I just want to encourage anybody who's listening that if they are in an MLM, they're having some of those red flags pop up, gut instincts kick in, that it is never going to be a bad time to start extracting yourself from it. You wanna talk to somebody about certain steps, how to, you, you want to just vent your situation to someone who is not involved in the MLM because we know how that'll end up. I want to encourage people. We're real people. They can reach out to me. I get DMs every day. And although what's great about not being in an MLM anymore, I do have boundaries and where I feel like I'm in social media too much. I can take a break. I can step back, but every single message is answered eventually. And I, that's what, that's what I feel the anti-MLM community is for and has been so supportive for me is welcoming, compassionate, empathetic, and helpful literally providing some tools and some direction go watch this video i think you i think you really resonate with this person's delivery go see what she has to say here's her tiktok whatever so please i hope people reach out i know they will absolutely they will i hope that you reach out to jenny she's incredible uh you can always reach out to me as well email is best i just cannot check my messages so if you guys have messaged me and you have not gotten a message back. That is why. Um, if it's really important, email me. I. It's no one should have to do this alone. No one should have to walk the path of trying to leave that MLM alone, or even trying to 
discern for themselves. Should I stay in this? What a, maybe my company is different. I really feel like my leadership has integrity and you want to bounce some questions out. But yeah, like you said, Roberta, I mean, the community at large, even commenting, that's where you just can dip a toe in and you know, leave a comment here or there. Um, and and just, uh, just know that I think it's an incredibly supportive place and one that is, uh, one that is giving me so much life right now. So I... I'm so honored you wanted to chat with me. I hope in the edits that this comes out like a cohesive conversation. I feel like I've been a little all over the place. <laughs> well, Jenny, you are amazingly beautiful, wonderful, incredible. Please, before we get to the rapid fire questions, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's wow. I'm blushing. Um, they can find me at the Jenny Wild the Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-W-I-L-D. That's my Instagram and my TikTok. Those are the best places right now. Yeah, there's so much education and growth on both IG and TikTok. If you are looking to dive into more anti-MLM content that is fun, we're calling it infotainment. It is easily consumable and it is really, really fun. And we would love to have you over there. Follow us. Let us know that you found us on the podcast um, from Jenny's episode so we can give you a follow back. Um, and let's get into these rapid fire questions. I'm ready. Okay. What is one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing? Scam. A warning or a piece of advice to somebody who is on the fence and thinking about joining an MLM. Believe in yourself more than you're believing what someone's telling you is possible. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Wow. Just because I don't know everything about all of them, but I am going to say Monate. I have seen too much. I have seen, like I said, there's different teams with different styles of leadership, different methods of communication, different frequencies of how they show up and when they show up. But my Lord, I went to two conventions and saw what I needed to see <laughs> to use the TikTok sound, seen what I've needed to see. And it's bad. And it is very, very cult-like in terms of keeping people in, keeping them engaged and financially and emotionally invested. It's bad. What is the hardest lesson that you learned while in MLM? The hardest lesson and still difficult to resolve for myself emotionally is that I did question every relationship if they didn't support my business. I hate that. It corroded my interpersonal relationships. To the point, and this is a vulnerable moment, but I, in a heated time where I was really trying to run for some rank, and you asked earlier how far I got, not very far, probably the third, fourth rank, not sustainable, not when you're trying to do it in integrity and all of that and whatever, but the lowest point was telling my husband, crying and telling him that I really didn't feel like he loved me if he didn't want to see me succeed with money. 
terrible. And so believe me when someone says, I don't know how I'll ever leave, or I don't feel like I want to talk about it when I leave. I, I've been through it all. We've been through it all. Like, I understand I have compassion. Like there's low points for sure. Wow. It's tough. It's tough. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being so vulnerable. Wow. Yeah. I, I guarantee you there are people out there who feel that and are, are terrified that they're the only ones that feel that. Mm -hmm. And you're not the only one. No, not. And then we're going to switch it up and say the positive takeaway from your time in MLM. You know what? I have said before, there are lifelong friends that I've made. There just are. And because it's just a matter of logistics at this point, I don't speak to some as often as I probably would if they were out of money or out of the MLM world, but that's okay. Cause I still adore them. And I know that it's just where we are right now. And there's truly lifelong friends that I made. I wouldn't take a second back if it meant I couldn't meet them or be with them or be in their energy or connect. And truly I feel my growth as a person and my, again, evolvement into unpacking for myself, educating myself in a lot of things. I'm unlearning a lot in terms of privilege, in terms of worldview, in terms of a lot, okay? I don't think that would have happened had I not been through this intense experience the last three, four years with Monate and come out of it the other side, trusting myself more. It's, 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 it's a hard thing to walk through, but if you do, and that's where you are with it, it's okay. And trust me, it will be better. It will get better. And it might've been necessary part of the journey. I hate the word journey, but it might've been necessary. You know? Very wise words. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you so much, Jenny. Listen, if someone had told me a year ago, hey girl, you're going to have 10,000 followers on TikTok just because you talk about anti-MLM stuff and you would you know, share your perspective and share some facts about it. You're going to be talking with Roberta Blevins on her podcast. You are going to be invited into projects and collabs and going live here and speaking on your experience there because it's valuable. You're valuable. I might not have believed you. I might not have believed you. Um, it's just incredible. It's just incredible what not, I don't know, just tapping into something that feels right. I've always just said, if, if, if it feels right and I'm feeling called to do it, I will post, I will create, I will speak and I will share. So here I am. And I hope uh, it's helping someone out there. It definitely is. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.